Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to Unqualified. You know today's guest from Community, Glow, Mad Men, and her new movie, Somebody I Used to Know. Here she is, Alison Brie. Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to Unqualified with your host, Anna Ferris. So I watched the trailer for somebody I used to know. I immediately thought of a time in my life, I was probably around 24 or 25, when I decided to make a proactive choice towards my inclination to jealousy. Like we're in an industry where we're competing with our dear friends. And it's not as though you can calculate it. Like there's a time trial, like with an athlete, (laughs) you're left with this inexplicable fog of why you didn't get the role. Yes. You know, and yet your friend did. And I was also really intimidated by beautiful people. When I first moved to Los Angeles, I was like, this town is beautiful. (laughs) And (laughs) these people look like they're on TV. (laughs) So as I watched your trailer, that idea came sort of immediately, sort of a gut reaction. But the idea of your nemesis becoming somebody you love. I think that there's a lot of themes that we're juggling in this movie. And, you know, one of them starts more with the one that got away, right, who's played by Jay Ellis. And I think kind of trying to dismantle this idea. When I was younger, in my 20s, I was a real on-again, off-again gal with the guys I was dating. Oh, what do you mean? Like, we would break up and get back together and break up and get back together. And it's like I didn't know how to trust my own instincts for the people that I shouldn't be with. And it was a pattern, you know, I watched my mom do it. My mom would often kind of break up with a guy and then tell my sister and I all the reasons why he was the worst person in the world. And then she'd get back together with him a month later, which was very confusing for everybody involved. And for my high school, college, 20s, I had that same pattern of not trusting. I would be like, oh, I do not want to be with this person. I would break up with them. And then the second I felt lonely, it was like, I was the problem. I was the reason that it didn't work out. He's the answer to everything. That's why I'm unhappy. You know, it wasn't until I was older that I started to think, well, you start with you and get your shit straight with you. This other person isn't going to unlock this stuff. And a lot of the time, certainly people do have stories where they get back together with someone that they dated a while ago and it's like the answer to everything. But I just thought this idea of the one that got away is really interesting to me because I also think there's a reason why you break up with people and like, do we think that those reasons ever just actually disappear and whatnot? So then the other thing we're talking about, right, is that my character learns that this guy is getting married this weekend. She's felt like they have this amazing connection and maybe he's the answer to everything. And then she learns he's getting married that weekend and she meets the girl. And of course, she wants to hate her and she does it. <laughs> I mean, she does. 
She's trying hard to, but certainly there's that element. I mean, like the way that you talk about yourself, I think wanting to combat those feelings of jealousy by like having genuinely positive feelings for another person is so wonderful and generous and a great ethos. And like, I'm going to try that. (laughs) And I think I do something similar too. You totally do. Well, I also think there's something with these characters and in life that two things can be true, right? I'm fascinated by relationships between women because they can just take so many forms. And like, especially recently in my work, I feel like it's just something that I'm like so into is this idea that like, yeah, women in your life, I feel like I will feel every single emotion. And sometimes also I'm feeling two different conflicting emotions at the same time, or I'm even confused about I'm so proud of my friend, or am I jealous, or do I love her, or do I want to fuck her, or do I hate her, (laughs) is she my enemy, or do I just want to be her, like, you know, I'm so in awe of her, am I inspired by her, so like in this movie, there's elements of that, of kind of seeing a person who, considering all the circumstances, you feel like you want to jump to that conclusion of like, this is my enemy, And then seeing all of this connective tissue of, oh, we're sort of the same. And wow, you really remind me of who I was when I was younger. And are any of those things still a part of me? You know, which is kind of the other thing we're exploring in this movie is like going back to your hometown. What does that even make you think about yourself, right? When you see people that you used to hang out with in high school. And like Dave and I are so different in this respect because... Dave is still really close with like this big group of guys and gals that he went to middle school and high school with. And he stayed friends with them now for 20 years or whatever. And I have never been that way. I mean, I have, I'll keep one, maybe one from each era. Yes. And I don't think it's like, I'm like, I got to reinvent myself. You guys are old news. But I do think there is where I'm just like, well, that chapter of my life is over. And now I'm doing this. Like, what's this place going to be? Who am I now? It's not appointed, I don't want to be associated with you guys anymore because I'm a different person, but it is, oh, am I becoming a different person? Who am I now? What's this? Who are these people that are in my life now? Well, I wanted to touch a little bit on the romanticization of how we glorify and magnify our past Yeah, into either like the positive or the negative. Like the idea of the one that got away is sort of the woulda, shoulda, coulda, and with our callers, We hear a lot of that. Like, I had this opportunity. And I think it's too simplistic. Yeah. You know? Like, oh, he was so great. He was so great. Yeah. And I don't know what I did. Or, like, my first boyfriend that I felt like I was madly in love with. He was so handsome. (laughs) You know? Of course. Yes. (laughs) And I felt so unattractive. So I couldn't believe it. And... After he broke up with me, our first week of college, it was devastating. I remember reading my diary like a while later and I wrote like, I hate his laughter. (laughs) His long artistic fingers sort of annoy me. (laughs) And that was so helpful. Yeah. Because at that point it was like, oh my God, we're going to get married. I have my promise ring. Yeah. Totally. I mean, there's a lot of women in my life who, not so much now as I get older, it's nice that I think that people are learning to break these habits. 
But I have had friends or family members who, yeah, they develop this sort of amnesia after the fact. Yeah, your mom not clarifying like, well, he does have these other qualities that I just love. Definitely, definitely. Well, and my mom, because of her own past and childhood traumas and other things going on, it's a thing where the hindsight becomes, well, it must have been my fault. Whereas the truth is that in the moment, it was her decision. I don't want to be with this person. They're not right for me. They don't make me feel good. You know, I don't like myself when I'm around them. Whatever reason it is, a month later, I'm lonely. Now I'm reflecting on it and going, no, I was wrong. It was me. I was bad. I must have turned him off. I did this. Why would I have let him go? There will never be anyone else as good as him. No one will love me. You know, it's like the swing range can go to the furthest extreme, right? I'm unlovable. No one will ever want to be with me. And by the way, I've had boyfriends who said that kind of stuff to me when I would try to break up with them. No one will ever love you. Oh, I'm the only person. No one will want to see you without makeup on your face. Oh, no one knows who you really are except for me. I feel this because I've experienced it, too. And I got back with that guy again and again. I married that guy. <laughs> that was the first one. You have to live and learn. You have to finally go. Wait a minute. I've even seen this with friends who say they go out with a person once and they get back from the date and they're like, ugh, I did not like him because of this, 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 and this. And then a few days go by and they're like, well, he never called. So I guess he doesn't want to be with me and I'm a piece of shit. And I'm like, wait, wait, but you don't want to date him again. Remember you said you don't want to date him. And I do get that like, well, yeah, but I don't want to be the person that's rejected. I want to be the rejecter, not the rejectee. Of course. You know, even if you're like, I don't want to be with that person. I still want them to want me. Oh, completely. Completely. I've been on truly like maybe two or three dates in my life and it was during college. Mm -hmm. And I have no idea what those people were about because I was so self-absorbed in getting them to like me or think that I was totally. weird or like oh, doing yeah. performance art. I was just going to say really performing the date. I think I used to just be a great date. Yeah, I bet. I bet you were. I mean, of course, I'm just going to be fun. Ask about you. Tell me everything. Let's do what you want to do. Let's eat what you want to eat. Let's drink what you want to drink. Let's do everything. Thing. It's going to be so great. Mm -hmm. It just took me way too long to even ask myself whether I liked a person or not. <laughs> I didn't even know how to do that. Eight dates in, you're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this guy's kind of a shithead. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I didn't notice that. <laughs> he's funny, but he's just mean. <laughs> he is funny, but he's mean to everybody, including me. Yeah. <laughs> That's so weird. <laughs> so tell me about your character in Somebody I Used to Know. Allie is a producer, but what we come to learn essentially is that she's really artistic, right? She went to school for film and used to be really into documentary filmmaking. And now she is a producer on like a dessert reality show. And she's sort of too self-serious about it. You know, it's kind of like she wanted to be this like Oscar winning doc filmmaker. She's making this kind of competition reality show, but trying to make everybody be so serious about it in a way that's like weird. Killing the fun? <laughs> it's too intense. <laughs> it's killing the fun. And she doesn't have a lot of people in her life because she's that classic, you know, rom-com workaholic gal who's like very focused on doing the thing. And kind of, I think what we wanted to do is 
I mean, first of all, let me say that we are not trying to disparage dessert competition shows. I devour them. I love them. Oh, I think you're honoring them. (laughs) We love them. (laughs) But I think it's kind of this type of person, and especially, I mean, in any industry, I would imagine, but like speaking to my own, because I work in an industry that is sort of like under the guise of doing things for art, but also it's commerce. And we learn as women to lean in to stuff. So sometimes you can find yourself in a place that's very different than where you expected within your own industry because you've been like, I should just lean into the direction that they want me to go. And sometimes it's a good thing. You know, sometimes I think like, just do this job, take this risk. Who knows? Maybe it doesn't seem like your thing, but you love it. Like you love performing, do it in any capacity. Or do you end up really far from where you wanted to be and you go like, wow, it was like a million little compromises that led me somewhere else. You're forced into a position where you have to trust. Sure. Even with people that you might not. Like, I always have this feeling of like, I hope they use that take. Yeah. (laughs) But never being able to have the gumption to be like, hey, hey, what about that one? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, totally. On this note, will you tell us about a workplace hardship? Oh, well, I'm trying to think if I've ever found myself on a job that I really hated. And it's honestly very seldom because I kind of think even if I was just starting out and I would take any role, you know, and my first film role was in a movie called Born about a woman who's impregnated with a demon fetus that's like ripping guys' penises off. (laughs) Oh my God. And you played this character. Yes, I was impregnated with the demon fetus. What a great first role. (laughs) I'll have you know that there is a scene where the demon fetus is possessing me and speaking to me through me. And I have a full argument with myself as like myself and the demon fetus. Oh my God. (laughs) It's literally like, please, no, don't do this. I'm going to do it. It was like, that's it. They were like, we'll put special effects on it, but they never did. It's just me being like, you have to stop. I will never stop. Like, it's so crazy. But the point of the story is I fucking loved working on that movie. I mean, that was my first movie. It was like, are you kidding? I'm on a movie set. I'm the lead of this movie. I get to do the craziest stuff. Like, I was aware that it wasn't high art per se, but it was so fun and great. Like, I think what we're tapping into with this character is that she's not really enjoying what she's doing because she's sort of hanging on to it too tightly. And I also understand that too, where it's like, I'm this type of person anyway, where no matter what I'm working on, I want it to be the best version of that. I want to be the best version of me when I'm doing it. I can relate to her in that way where sometimes I think too, it's like you're making a fun comedy and I'm like, but I have to still, I got to look over my lines every night. I got to go to bed and I have to be drinking plenty of water and be getting my eight hours of sleep and do all this stuff. You know, and you're sort of like, lighten up a little. You could have fun and loosen up. Like, it's okay. It's not rocket science. We're not saving lives. Not to belittle, I think what we do is very important and it's nice for people to have escapism. But I'm just saying, that's a character through line. I didn't answer your question about a bad job. No, you did. Well, I would have specific answers for that because I think I have been cast as what I deem as like the reactor. Sure. Like the indicator to the audience of how you're supposed to feel. Like, what? What are you doing now, guy? (laughs) Why? (laughs) Yeah. (gasps) I know. Well, I can think of an experience. I remember doing this indie movie once, which turned out totally fine. It was a first time, very young filmmaker. And that was a really hard job because I felt 
like I just had no trust for the director. So it felt super scary to me, the whole thing. And talk about tightly wound. I feel like I was trying to almost direct and first AD and do the, all the other jobs because I just didn't trust that this person was going to pull it off. Did you get backlash for that? I mean, I feel emotional, personal backlash against myself because I wish I had been a little kinder to the director. I know I was really hard on them. You know, I think in my mind, I could justify it at the time by being like, also, I should teach this person and make them better at their job. And you got to know that you should do this. But I could have done it in a better way, I think. I don't know. I think this is incredibly strong and impressive. I've never had that kind of gumption. I'm just like, go with the flow, I guess now. Well, this is why probably lately I've been writing and producing my own things, because then I do get to be the person to be like, that's the take. That's the take we should do. Yes, totally. <laughs> or in this case, it's directed by my husband. I'm like, I trust you. I trust you. That's the best part, honestly, about working with Dave is that we have the same sensibilities, the same taste level. Honestly, he has probably better, <laughs> a very high taste level. And he's so good at what he does that I'm just sort of like, oh, good. I don't have to think about that stuff at all. Will you tell us if you're comfortable about you and Dave? Oh, yeah. Dave and I met at Mardi Gras in New Orleans. Where were you in terms of being receptive for a relationship? This is a great question. I was very single. I had been single for almost a year. And I always refer to this year as my drunkest year because I had come out of not a good relationship with a person who at the time I found very controlling. Did you break it off? Yes, but that guy and I broke up, got back together. Like, it was not a good relationship for either of us. You know, that person was obviously not meant to be my person, and things were always really hard. But I think there was part of it that had me feeling very controlled. So then, after we broke up, I spent the next year really out of control, like on purpose. You know, I think I just wanted to drink all the drinks and screw all the guys. And it's like, who <laughs> and, am I? I am wild and fun. <laughs> which is probably right when I met you. <laughs> we were definitely doing that shoot at the time. So I was having a lot of fun. I had no desire to be in a relationship. I remember saying to a friend, I don't want a boyfriend. I don't want a girlfriend. <laughs> I don't want pets and I don't want plants. I don't want anything in my life that I have to take care of in any way. Cut to, <laughs> so I'm flying to Mardi Gras with friends for like a debaucherous Mardi Gras weekend. We run into Dave at the airport. I'm with a mutual friend of ours. So she's like, oh, I know that guy. I'm going to go say hi. She talks to him. She invites him to dinner with us. And we're just like, sure, whatever. Nothing at this point is romantically crossing my mind at all. Then we get to New Orleans. We all go to dinner. He actually said he couldn't come to dinner because he had other plans. He lands. His plans are canceled. Meets us at dinner late. We're all sitting around a big table. I'm already kind of tipsy. And my friend Jules is sitting next to Dave. And I get a text from her. I check my text under the table. And it says, like, you should hook up with Dave tonight. That is awesome. And I'm like... It's a good run. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, great idea. <laughs> and then she shows Dave the text. Is like, what do you think of my friend Allison? Check out our little text exchange. And he's like, oh, I'm into that. And she's like, do not tell her that I showed you this text. So then we get up to go to the bathroom, me and Jules, and she's like, maybe you and Dave. And I was like, I'm into it, but I don't know if he's going to be into it. And she's like, I showed him your text under the table. He's into it. And then she's like, do not tell him that I told you that I showed him. 
So we leave, we both have a sexy secret. Like that's the best feeling too, when someone's pulling off a great setup, right? So now we both are like, I know you're into me. This is awesome. Jules is amazing. Jules is amazing. Yes, Jules is amazing. The next phase is, you know, me sauntering up to Davey with a beer full of Molly and being like, there's Molly in this beer and I think that we should share it and have a great night. And let me tell you, we did. <laughs> oh, my God. That's incredible. We had a great night. We had a great weekend. And then I left him my Mardi Gras mask I'd been wearing all weekend with my phone number written on it when I left town for the weekend. He texted me a funny joke. Still, even over that weekend, I was just like, oh, my God, this little hottie. This is what a fun weekend I'm going to have. How great. And I left being like, whatever, that was great. And I landed in LA, opened up this text from him and like my stomach dropped. And I was like, oh no, I'm going to fall in love with this guy. Yeah. <laughs> and I did. I think most of us, we approach relationships with just our own defenses. Yeah. To protect ourselves. I love it that he has like an open enough heart to be like, I'm going to make her laugh. Let me tell you the best thing about Dave is that he just is who he is. He doesn't play any games. He never has. He's like a genuine, kind person. He really listens and talks to people. Like from the very beginning with he and I, there was none of that bullshit at all. Like I would have been into him regardless, I'm sure. But like, it was so nice that he texted me this thing. Then I texted him right back. Then he was like, we should get on the phone. Then we started calling each other. Everything was easy. He was not bringing baggage to the table. And it made me feel safe enough to not really bring my baggage either and just be open to the relationship. It was so nice. What a gift. If I was in your shoes, that flight back to Los Angeles, I would have tortured myself. I would have been like, I love him. I love him. I love him. I can't. Don't expect anything from anybody ever. <laughs> well, again, it also speaks to like the place I was in. Right. I think this a lot about acting also. <laughs> that like, you know, the jobs that you really want when you go in just reeking of desperation of please give me this job. It's like terrible. You never get that job. And then you'll read something else and you'll be like, I'm not right for this role at all. I don't know. I'll just go in and have fun. And you always get that part. And it's like, not to diminish Dave to being like a role that I got, but like he met me at this moment in my life where I was like, I'm not trying to be in a relationship. I actually remember telling him on our second night together in New Orleans out at drinks with everybody. And somebody said something like, this guy wants to get married by the time he's 30 or something. And I was like, oh my God, well, I don't want to get married ever. So I can just be the gal you have sex with until you meet the gal that you're going to marry. Like, <laughs> but meant it genuinely, but was right. not trying to play the game of like, I'm a cool girl. I don't even care. I was like at a moment in my life where I was like, well, I don't want to be that person. So let's just have fun. I don't care at all. And then as soon as I started to care, he was just right there with me. I never felt with Dave like, oh, I should wait a day before I text him back. Do you know what I mean? Yes. What a great origin that you were in that place. It was nice. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. 
Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi. How are you? Good. How are you? Great. Matthew, you're here with Allison. She's amazing. She's a dear friend of mine, and I can't thank you enough for your letter. Will you tell us what's going on? Yeah. And it's really nice to meet both of you. This is really cool. Thank you. (laughs) Nice to meet you, too. (laughs) So the last year in my dating life has been kind of like a whirlwind in a good way, I think. Like lots of new experiences, and I kind of want to figure out where I'm at now and what I want to do in the future. So last year I like had my first serious girlfriend and fell in love. Did you guys meet during the pandemic? More near the end of the pandemic, like last March. I mean, we met a year before that. Was it in a friend circle? Yeah, yeah. We worked together for a little bit. Matthew, how old are you? I'm 25. It's a perfect time for a first serious girlfriend. Yes, yeah. The first time I met her, We were going to like a work dinner with a bunch of the new cohort and she was one of them and we started talking and I had a crush pretty immediately on this girl. But also in that first conversation, she let me know she had a boyfriend like it came up in conversation. A normal way, not like you were like, hey, nice to meet you. And she was like, I have a boyfriend. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Cool. And so we just became friends, you know, work friends. That was in the fall. And then in the winter, she ended up dropping the program and ended up going to like another city for a couple months and then ended up breaking up with her boyfriend. So she came back to our city just to get her stuff back from her boyfriend's apartment. And then I was like, well, this is my like last chance to get to see her. Like everything started on that trip. Did she reach out to you, like text you, hey, I'm coming back to town? So we were texting each other back and forth a little bit while she was away and before she came back. And I was just like, oh, we should hang out and you should see all like the old people from work. And we hung out a lot those days. And then like I ended up having like a party over at my place so everybody could be together. And then that's kind of when things got more serious and we hung out the rest of our trip here. I think it's really amazing that you weren't like heavy handed with the flirtation. You know what I mean? That you guys were texting or whatever, but that you presented yourself like you weren't pushing it too hard. Okay. Like that's fairly commendable. Thanks. Don't you think, Allison? Definitely. Yeah. It sounds like you really gave her space to do the things that she was doing in her life for her. And that's so nice. Not just like a what's up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 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 But then what happened? Yeah. So then (laughs) at the end of this trip for her to get all her stuff, because she decided to go move to this new city. And at the end of this trip, I was like really sad because I was like, I wish you were just here. 
And I talked it over with like my roommate too. And I was like, I probably just have to like make sure this doesn't keep going or something, but I really wanted it to. And I basically let her know this on like the last night she was in town. I let her know both things that I wanted this to work out, but it also just makes sense. So wait, had you guys been intimate or like kissed? Yes, we had. How long was this period of time that she was like back in the same city as you? It was a week long. Okay, but it was a week and you guys were hanging out like every night. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's like a magical (laughs) week, isn't it? Yeah, it was nice. And then she's moving to a different city. Yes. And does she have a job already in this city? Like how set up is she? She does have a job, but it was remote and she already has like an apartment in the new place and like signed a lease and everything. Oh, okay. So there was like, oh, you're remote. I don't know. We could make this work. So I let her know both sides. I was like, we should probably like not. And then she was like, oh, maybe it could work out. I don't know. And so we tried to make it work and do little trips and stuff is what we kind of landed on. We weren't like official or exclusive yet, but our cities are close enough. Let's just see where this goes. Who sort of dictated those terms? I mean, it sounds reasonable enough, but it also sounds painful. Yeah. We're actors. We know a long distance relationship like nobody's business. Right, Mm -hmm. right. I think we landed on the terms together. I mean, I was excited. (laughs) So it's kind of working. You guys are doing these trips. You haven't put too much pressure on your relationship by dictating terms. Making it exclusive. Yeah. Yeah. And then where does it all blow up? So then on a trip that I took to her city, and I think this is partly just because this is my first serious relationship. Like this is where I then asked her to be my girlfriend on this trip to her. So I guess we were really like boyfriend, girlfriend for a pretty short time, like a month, basically. You asked her to be exclusive on that trip. Then she comes to see you at your exclusive still. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then a few weeks later, that's when we end up breaking it off just because the long distance is just getting to you. Yeah. She said the whole point of moving to this new city was she did not like the city that I'm in right now. And she didn't find her people here. Mm-hmm. And she like loves the new city and like found like great roommates, great friends and stuff. And so she said she just like wanted to have that and be 100% in that new place and not have like this long distance. What's the age difference? She's 23. Okay. Okay. And so where are you guys at now? It was her decision to kind of end things because it was too hard to keep going back to this city where she doesn't have people other than you who she really cares about, but she's like trying to do her new thing. And how long ago was that? This was, I think, in May. May or June. So where are we at now? It's like you're still having feelings for her. I was for a while. Like the breakup was quite tough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's your first one. I yeah. Know. It's yeah. a big one. Yeah. And are you guys still in touch? Like since May, do you guys still talk and stuff? Yeah. We've texted here and there. And this is partly where like a transition is coming, I think, at least right now, because I did see her in December, actually, because I've got cousins in this city that she lives in, too. So I was just visiting them for a holiday trip or something and got in touch with her and saw her. So you texted her like, hey, I'm in town. Do you want to meet up? Yeah. And how was that? It was good. I think it was necessary because I think before that I was like, oh, maybe something in the future, like somehow later down the road, this will still work out. But she is like seeing somebody else right now. So I think that was like the nail in the coffin where it's just like, okay, time to move on for real. I mean, Matthew, it sounds honestly like not a terrible first heartbreak situation, you know, because it sounds like she cared about you a lot. 
And if she did stay living in the same city with you, then maybe you guys would have continued to date and things like that. But you both still are quite young. Mm -hmm. And long distance is very hard. Mm -hmm. I will say that two nights ago, I rewatched the Justin Long, Drew Barrymore movie, Going the Distance. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which is all about this, Matthew. About two people who meet, uh-huh. <laughs> have a great six weeks together in New York, and then they live worlds apart. Okay. And it's like, ultimately, especially when you're 25, you want to be in a relationship with somebody that lives in the same city as you. Mm-hmm. And now this woman showed you that you have the capacity to love someone, that it's really fun to be in a more committed relationship, Mm -hmm. and that like love is this amazing, powerful thing. And I feel like it's one of those breakups that sucks, Mm -hmm. but at least it's not like, then she turned into a totally different person and said all these horrible things to me. I think that like at least you can walk away being like, wow, we had something that was really great, and I'm a really lovable, great person, and I would be excited to do that again with someone who it will be easier with because of our proximity. Yeah, yeah. I like that. I like what Allison said about this experience showing you that you have the capacity to love. Okay. That you enjoyed that experience of companionship. I get that. So I think that's wonderful. Do you have a lot of friends that are like, dude, you're too young or like, man, we're in our 20s. Like, I wonder what pressure you're putting on yourself And I wonder if your question is about how to achieve a long-term relationship again. Do you think that's what it is? Um, On the pressure, I think it might be in a different direction. Most of my friends are in committed relationships. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's nice. That totally speaks to who you are. That's amazing. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. You have such a warm, sweet energy. You seem emotionally evolved, Uh, which is so nice. Thanks. (laughs) I appreciate it. Yeah. So where are you at? Yeah. So the flip side of the coin is I have been trying dating apps and did that for a little bit and have just been like also flirtatious with strangers. Well, tell us about your dating app experience. What's that like? It's okay. It's kind of not as sparking chemistry as like this first relationship or some other people that I meet randomly. I feel like I have more spark and more chemistry just meeting people in person for the first time. How many dates did you go on? Like off of an app? I've never, like, this is a foreign world. Yeah. I know. I was like, Matthew, I feel this like we're a little own- old okay. to talk about <laughs> the, yeah. the dating app world. I think in the past year, only one for more than a couple dates. And that was before autumn. And then other people probably, like, five, six dates, something like that. So like a handful, but not all the time. Just kind of one-offs. And when you meet them in person, you're like, oh, we don't really have a connection. Sort of, yeah. Or maybe we did, but it's not something to... Cultivate, Yeah. write home about. Yeah, and so those are fun, but... (laughs) I mean, hearing the way you talk about it gives me hope for younger generations to still attempt to meet people in person because like... I agree with you. There's something really nice about just chemistry with a person, right? That you can't kind of predict when that happens. And it could be a person you meet at the supermarket or whatever. And I feel like the thing with the apps that I find so interesting is like, 
people can kind of be whoever they want to be, right? Yeah. Everything online, it's like you could have a whole different persona and a whole different life. But then on the apps, it's like, but then I'm going to meet you in person. Like I hear about friends who will go out with people whose photos look so different than the people look in person. Like, of course, you want to put up like the best photo of yourself. But I also think it's like such a short game. Totally. Yeah. (laughs) It feels like an audition. (laughs) Right. Like, will they find me attractive? It's already set up as like a self-absorbed process. Right. But it's like, you're like, wouldn't you rather send someone a picture of how you kind of actually look so that when they meet you in person, they're like, right, that's you. This is the person I thought I was meeting versus like, you're maybe going to meet this model. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) This face-tuned, like, alien human that doesn't exist. And then in person, you're like, sorry, it's me. I would imagine that that's a weird way to start off a date. Yeah. Is that happening to you a lot, Matthew, or am I projecting? That's <laughs> happened maybe once. Oh, good. It just feels cruel. The whole thing <laughs> at some yeah, point. It's yeah. like people are clearly swiping you or whatever happens in that world. And then when you do meet, all you're thinking about is like, am I going to disappoint this person? Not to make it sound like I'm not also the most vain person in the world. But like, I will say that the apps, because you're just seeing pictures of people and your first conversation is like, hi, versus meeting in person. I think about like when I used to just be dating, I could find someone attractive based on so many other factors than the way that they looked. Yeah. Yeah. When I just had a run in with them in person, I used to really get crushes on some strange looking people who I found so attractive, you know, based on a number of other factors. So to me, it does seem, yeah, it's like, oh, it's such a stacked weird way to mm-hmm. go into it where you're just like on a screen. Mm-hmm. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Matthew, are you in a large urban area? Like, I want to know, like, what's your social exposure? How motivated are you? I'm in a big city. Oh, great. Yeah. The social aspect, I go out pretty much every weekend, that sort of thing with friends and and just hanging out with people. So I don't think I'm too cooped up, which is nice. I think that this relationship is right around the corner. It sounds like you're over the rough parts of a heartbreak. You're not in the place where you're romanticizing her. I think you seem to have a really clear head about it. And like, I do feel like it's like you're so ripe for a relationship after you get out of that first serious one, right? You have it under your belt. And like you said, you're like, I liked it. And my friends are kind of in that mode too. And I also think that, Matthew, people your age now are more apt to be in serious relationships 
In your letter, though, you do mention a hookup on New Year's Eve. Is that part of this equation? Will you tell us about that? A little bit, yeah. So I guess this is kind of just like an example in the past year, how I've been on one side of the spectrum and the other side, like where it was just a very casual hookup with no follow through on either person's part. We had each other's numbers and she told me to text her afterwards. And and I did. And I was actually pretty excited to see her again. Oh. And then we said, oh, maybe we'll get together again. Maybe not. And we tried to like plan things. She was home for the holidays. And so she was like going back relatively quickly. And we ended up just not seeing each other again. So there was like some texting afterwards. Okay. How was your final text exchange with this gal? Were you sort of like presenting her with an actual like, hey, want to maybe go out this weekend? And she was like, oh, I'm out of town for the holidays. And then you were like, how about next weekend? There was actually like a very quick shoe exchange. She took my roommate's shoes on accident. (laughs) And so we had to like see each other. Okay, that's very interesting to learn because I feel like that's a really classic. I want to see you again. Yeah, is your roommate? a girl no no they just have the same boots let me say anna that like the first night i met and hooked up with my husband i did steal his shirt when i left the next day as a way to guarantee that i would see him again to return the shirt but that's such a move like i would not think that this is a person that didn't want to hang out again maybe i will say if she didn't necessarily want to hang out again it's pretty classy to like actually return the shoes Mm -hmm. yes So that's nice that she returned them. Yeah. The shoe exchange was like not charged in any way. Mm. I kind of wonder, too, if most of your really close friends are in serious relationships, how frequently you feel like the other. If you guys all go to Cabo together, are you like the dude in the single room? And (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, maybe maybe I do feel like the other sometimes. Are you confused about what you're looking for? I think so, because this casual like hookup was fun. And I I don't think I've really had like a phase where I've just been like having fun and not looking for anything serious. I don't think I have either, if that's any consolation. But that's when I met the love of my life. I'm telling you, it's a good phase. I actually think it's a good phase to be in a mindset of like, you know what? I'm just going to have fun and lighten up about it, because when you're trying to look for it too hard, It feels impossible. It feels like a needle in a haystack. But like for all intents and purposes, you just got out of a big relationship. So now you're in that mode where you want to just be free and have some fun. Also, I would say tap into your friends who are in relationships like friends of friends. It's a great way to meet people because, you know, inherently you might already have some stuff in common, right? Mm -hmm. Like your friend's girlfriend's friend. Matthew, here is an idea. I wonder if you just simply tell yourself, not that you're going to be single, but that you're just going to sit back with yourself and your experiences and not put any pressure on it till next January. But that's nice. I like that long runway. Yeah. You know, a year sounds sometimes like so long. (laughs) Right. These days, I feel like they fly by. Here's the thing that I think goes with this, right? For that year, this friend of mine recently, she was like, my current mantra is, if it's not easy, it's not for me. And I was like, I love that. Like this girl that you had this hookup with, the hookup was great. Now, after you're texting back and forth too many times to make a plan, it's like, okay, well, let's not go out because why is this so difficult just to have our next hangout? 
Like, it shouldn't be that hard. Nothing should be hard. You're 25 years old. Things should be easy and fun. But that doesn't mean that you're not going on a second or third date with someone that you like mm-hmm. if that presents itself. It's like, this is the year where I'm going to have fun and be open to whatever that means. Mm-hmm. I really like this time commitment idea. And I haven't Good. thought of it before. And when you said it initially, it sounded like a long time to me. And I think that's a clue that I should probably take the advice. Good. Because... I think that means I was secretly like hoping for like a quick phase or something, but letting it breathe and giving it some time, I think would make it a better time. Yes. I'm glad you find relief in that. Mm -hmm. So this is your study abroad year. Yeah. yeah. You're 25. I love it. You've got nothing to lose. (laughs) You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Open yourself to having some really odd experiences and maybe expand your social circle. Mm I like that. Yeah. I believe in your future, Matthew. Thanks so much. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you, Matthew. Good luck with it all. Yeah, I appreciate it. So nice to meet both of you. This was awesome. It's really nice to meet you too. Nice to meet you too. Have a wonderful rest of your day, Matthew. And thank you so much for talking with us. You're wonderful. Thank you. (laughs) So are you. (laughs) You have always been stunning. Oh, thank you, Anna. As actresses, we get sort of slaughtered with the age thing. I was going to say, you know, I just turned 40 in December and I'm like, I like it. Oh, you look smoking hot. (laughs) Thank you. But it's interesting to me because now everybody's like, let's talk about how you're 40. And I'm like, I mean, why? We weren't talking about how I was 39. I know. The trains left the station. Do we have a choice? Like, why is it suddenly? I know. know? I think about how we've gauged time. Mm -hmm. But when you write, do you start from a character? And are there characters sort of kicking around in your head? You know, weirdly, when I look at the three projects, I've written three films, right, that have been made. And the craziest part is that it didn't start from a character place, even though I often think in my mind, oh, the whole reason that I'm writing is so that I can write characters that I want to play. But actually, every time it was the story. The first film I wrote had been in my mind for years and wanting to tell a story about familial mental illness and my grandmother's history with paranoid schizophrenia and like my paranoia about that existing in my bloodline. Like that was like sort of this abstract idea that I even wanted to put into something. And then this movie, it was Dave and I actually think we started with the genre because his first film that he wrote and directed was a horror movie called The Rental that I was in. And it was so good. And he loves horror movies. And I just think he really wanted to swing over to the other side of the spectrum. And we really wanted to write something together. And I was kind of like, well, I love rom-coms. Come to the light side of the spectrum. (laughs) So I feel like we actually almost started there. And then, like I said, our way in was about kind of the one that got away. And we knew we wanted to have some sort of love triangle. And how could we make that idea fresh and apply it to like how people are today, but tap into the nostalgia from like all our favorite rom-coms and kind of use all those same tropes, but update them, I guess. So yeah, I think it's always been more story driven and it's hard for me to pinpoint like the whale of like a role that I would want to do. 
right? I feel like I don't know them often until I see them or if I read something, you know, like I will never forget when I read the pilot for Glow and then launched my like full scale (laughs) assault on that audition process to get that role because I was floored by that script and that character and that whole world was really interesting to me. It was such a great show. But you know what I mean? It's not like prior to that, I was like, I'm dying to play a female wrestler. I hadn't even thought about that, you know? I think I'm the opposite. I don't necessarily know the story. But I know an idea of, like, I've always wanted to play the Los Angeles self-describer. <laughs> Go on. I don't exactly know what happens to her. <laughs> and the idea of what separates the exceptional, to use a sexist term, gold digger mm. from the long-term girlfriend. Yeah, professional girlfriend. But when I first moved to Los Angeles, I was really struck by the self-explanation. Of like, here's who I am and what I'm I really do. spiritual. I'm really creative. <laughs> and I'm a Gemini. <laughs> it is funny because it's also like, ugh, I feel like anytime I've been asked to like pinpoint exactly who I am and what I'm about, you must feel this way too. Like, it's not like I seek this stuff out. Someone will tag me in something on Instagram and it's a quote of something I said 10, 12 years ago. And I'm like, oh, I don't know if that reflects who I am now. Like, I'm sort of like, how could anyone ever just go like, here's what I am, period. You're like, I don't know. Life's a journey. Here's kind of how I'm feeling today. And (laughs) I mean, certainly there are things that define us. So it's important to like know who you are. I guess, but that should be kept to the yearbooks. Yeah. You know, (laughs) that's just when you want to flip through them like every 10 years, maybe. (laughs) Totally. Allison, I can't thank you enough. You're so unbelievably talented. That's a very kind thing to say. It's very (laughs) much the truth. Thank you. Your movie is out now. Yes. Somebody I used to know. Somebody I used to know. It's on Amazon Prime Video. Watch it everywhere, globally. I love you. I love you. Bye, darling. 